Today is Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Major shakeups at two cable news networks. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and share it with a friend. You can email us if you'd like. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. Joining me as always to get through the news of the cray each and every day. Billy Hallowell and Tregons Phillips. What's up, guys? It's Mini Monday. How y'all doing? Well, I mean, this week is just flying by. I'm excited to be here, <laughs> as always. Tuesday and the week is flying by. I tell you, you can't ask for a faster well, for a faster week than that. Well, and it's already the weekend for a couple of uh, cable news show hosts. Oh, oh that's so true. It is. It's honestly, it's shocking. The whole thing. We'll get into it in a minute. Didn't see these coming. Well, one of them didn't see coming. The other one probably saw coming a little bit. But what do we have coming up on the uh, focus story? We're going to be talking about talking boards, a.k.a. Ouija boards. There's a new one that is uh, raising some eyebrows and has an ex-psychic speaking out. Yeah, it's different than it's different than the usual one of these boards. And uh, it's interesting for sure. We'll get to that also on the main thing. There's kind of an elephant in the room when we, the topic of diversity comes up. And it's the multi-generational gap in work the workplace and it's and in culture more broadly so billy's got an interesting conversation on that we'll we'll dive into all that on the more and more on the podcast today but first we're gonna get through the news in 90 seconds fox news and host tucker carlson have announced their parting ways his final show already aired uh, on the 21st that was friday Fox News released a statement saying that Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways. We thank him for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a contributor. This surprising move comes on the heels of a massive settlement in the Dominion lawsuit against Fox News. And CNN's Don Lemon announced on social media yesterday that he too was fired. And it was a statement that he put on Twitter in which he complained that he wasn't informed in person and thought he should have been after 17 years at the network. Later on in the day, CNN released a statement saying Don Lemon's statement about this morning's events is inaccurate. He was offered an opportunity to meet with management, but instead released a statement on Twitter. And a group of Christians plan to attend SatanCon in Boston this week. Their goal is to pray for the attendees of what's being described as, quote, the largest satanic gathering in history. The Satan Con is scheduled to take place April 28th to 30th in Boston. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNNews.com. Guys, let's start with the shakeups at both Fox and CNN. I said at the top that one is a surprise and one isn't, and the Don Lemon one, I think we've heard rumblings of this in the media. There's been leaked stories of complaints and things of that from the staff. So we'd, we'd seen sort of these rumblings. Ratings weren't really particularly good after he'd been moved to the morning show. There was an ownership change there, or at least a leadership change at CNN. So that one was less of a surprise. But the Tucker Carlson news did seem to catch a lot of people off guard. Yeah, I think, you know, it's weird that they both happened on a Monday 
Yeah. On the, on the yeah. same day, on the same day. Right. I mean, it's like, what are the, were they comparing notes and helping? Hey, we're going to do this today. Like, Hey, why don't you do it a couple hours after? So yeah, it's, it's very strange. I, it makes you wonder what are the real reasons why this is happening? Because yeah, look, Tucker Carlson is the biggest name in yeah. cable, in cable, not just in cable news. Right. I mean, I, I think he's got the highest rated show, if not one of them. So yeah, it just makes you wonder what's really going on. I have to be honest that I wasn't certain whether I should go with talking about this or Satan con. I'm that one caught me <laughs> that one caught me by surprise. It's it's wild to me the craziness of the stories that we cover, right? This yeah. is what's going on in the world today. You have to laugh, I think, to keep from losing your mind at times. But yeah, I think that the Tucker Carlson thing is a is a huge deal. I, I'm now curious where is he gonna land, right? What's gonna happen? Because I imagine that One American News and Newsmax are gonna be vying for attention. Is he gonna go off on his own? Uh, I know Rumble obviously got um Crowder. So is that something that, you know, would be with Steven Crowder whenever there, uh, is there an option there? So anyway, I think that is going to be interesting to see what happens. And then also the backlash against Fox, though, I think it'll be short lived because Fox is Fox is Fox. And I don't think they're going anywhere. They're a fixture in the, in the news industry. Yeah. And Glenn Beck already made a statement on his radio show yesterday saying to Tucker Carlson, Hey, if you want to come on over here and team up. So there's going to be no shortage of offers for Tucker Carlson and where he would go next. And of course, now the farther we get along in the technology game, the more opportunities you have on your own to start a podcast, to run your own show on Rumble or something of that nature, as you mentioned, Trey. So there's clearly a lot of options, but Fox still has a massive amount of reach. And so someone inevitably, whether it's Greg Gutfeld or who knows, will eventually rise to the top. And if the patterns continue, Fox will continue to win the ratings game. And whoever's up there next will get eyeballs. Because you gotta you gotta remember too, as you know, someone who has worked on a Fox News show, and you see this pattern over time. Uh, when I worked there it was back in 2009, 2010, that era. And you have these outlets that are just dedicated to pulling out of context clips of the most popular hosts. And so they did that for my boss when I was there to him. But then when he left, they found the next person to do it to, to Hannity, to O'Reilly. And so they're going to put somebody up there because you need a foil. And so Tucker Carlson got good ratings. So immediately he became the foil and he's in the news all the time. So my, my whole uh, observation here is just that there will be another person. Fox News is so big. Someone will start getting more of that attention. And eventually that they'll just be the they'll be the next Tucker Carlson, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too, because the Dominion settlement and all of that, how does that affect Fox? Does it? Do people care? Do they not? Uh, it's a pretty big settlement, right? And so it's going to raise eyebrows. I, I don't know what to make of any of it, but you're right. I, I'm just curious. Is it somebody at the network now? Is it going to be a new person they bring in, right? We see at CNN, they're bringing in new people, right? Yeah. You know, for their, for their primetime show. So it'll be interesting to see what, what route they take. Yeah. I also just think the, the Don Lemon story, 
uh, is fascinating. How was he able to last so long, given the complaints against him, right? Because you would just need one complaint about him making kind of misogynistic or sexist comments uh, about a host or directly yeah. to a female host. And if he was at any other network, and definitely if he was at Fox, uh, there would have been calls to have him canned like that same hour. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, but Don Lemon lasted months uh, after making the comments that he made. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I still am kind of confused by the timing. I know you mentioned that Billy at the top is just, did yeah, what they are the coordinate odds? this? Like what are the odds that Tucker Carlson and Don <laughs> Lemon uh, lose their jobs uh, on the same day? But and on I'm Monday. guessing people on Fridays, not Mondays, right? Not Mondays, but I'm guessing they probably won't be going on vacation together. Those two guys. It would be an interesting show. <laughs> what listening to those two, if they went on together, it'd be the new crossfire. It'd be the new crossfire. That's right. Don't uh, hold your breath, yeah. though. Probably not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're going to head to the next story now. And there's a new talking board that promises to be. See, that sounds when I when I see that and I say a new talking board. <laughs> you can explain it when you say it after right. you say it. Because I don't think there's talking boards. I just want to make that clear to everyone out there. <laughs> there's a new talking beanstalk. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it's promising to connect people to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And one ex-psychic is issuing an important warning. So what's going on here? All right. So obviously there's no such thing as a quote unquote, a board cannot speak, but people try to use boards like the Ouija board uh, to try to connect with the dead. And as we know, scripture is very clear about this. You're not actually connecting with the dead. You shouldn't be trying to connect with the dead, but people use Ouija boards for this. And there's this new board. And again, they're called talking boards that is out there. We're not going to name it because we don't want to give attention to it. Um, But this is a board that promises something different. It promises that you can communicate with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, uh, which again, we know is not something that is biblical or that is possible. Um, and Jen Niza, who we've had on before, she's an ex-psychic. She spent a couple of decades in the occult working as a psychic. Um, she is sounding the alarm on this. We had a chance to talk with her about not just this board in particular. This board is getting a lot of attention in the media right now, um, but about the Ouija board in general and about efforts in divination to try to communicate uh, with the spirit realm um, outside of God, right, to try to communicate with with spirits or demons or or the deceased. And so uh, really just outlining how dangerous that is. She said when she heard about this new board, this one trying to connect you with the Holy Spirit. She was brokenhearted, uh, but she said she also felt the need to sound the alarm on the danger of the product. And she made an important note, and a lot of outlets covering this have not, or at least some, have not made this note. When you look into this particular board that's being sold, it, it appears to be a troll. They're trying to troll, it looks like, Christians and and sort of mock um, it's hard to tell. We don't know what's in their hearts. But when you look at the, the advertising, it, it seems that way. And she said it doesn't really matter whether it's being marketed as a joke or a game. She said this is, you know, just like the Ouija board. And the Ouija board is not a game or a joke, even though people also use the Ouija board in that way, right? Let's get together and have fun. She said this is a very real thing that you are communicating, in her view, with the demonic and that people need to know the truth about it. And, again, this is somebody who used these sorts of tools as a job. I mean, this was her yeah. profession, her job for years. And so that's, that's the breakdown. I mean, she's very concerned about whether or not people use this board or others like it. Yeah. And when you say troll, what you're meaning is they're not serious. This isn't something like a product they believe in. They are, they're doing it as essentially like to mock Christians. 
it looks that way, right? Now, there are a couple of videos that have been put out to promote this. And the first one is very clearly, it's a man who looks like he's dressed up as Jesus. It's pretty horrific, the things that are being said and done. Then there are other ones, there are a couple of other videos that almost are made to look legitimate. Like, oh, you know, I'm a Christian and I realize, like, I don't always hear from God the way I want to. So I'm going to use this board to try to communicate mm-hmm. with him. You know, and, and her point again, I mean, there are people, when you look at the comments of the board that's being sold, there are people saying, oh, we bought this for our collection. We collect these boards, you know. So there are people legitimately buying this product regardless of what their motivation is. And then there are a lot of people in the comments also warning about this. This is evil. Stay away from this. It's still a Ouija board. You can't communicate with the Holy Spirit that way. Um, so, but yeah, she said this is, by the way, it's a form of automatic writing, which is actually something that psychics and others practice where they might actually be writing something out. That's how Jen used to do what she did. Um, and the information allegedly comes to them from the demonic realm. They believe that these spirit guides are giving it to them, but that the Ouija board or any board like this is a form of that. It's a form of automatic writing and that it's only coming from an evil source in her view. Mm. So what is the, what would Nizza say is the most concerning aspect of all this? Yeah, you know, she said the most concerning aspect of this is that we're seeing increases in the usage. And we've talked about this before on the show of things like the Ouija board. You walk into a bookstore and I won't even say what store you walk into. There's a store my kids love to buy toys at. And this these kinds of products are front and center. I mean, I was in a store recently where I walked in and it was in the entranceway on both sides of the store, Ouija boards and magic books and all this sort of this sort of stuff. She said that the most disturbing thing is seeing that increase that we're watching that happen in our culture right now. Hmm. What does she uh, why does she think there's this? Why does she think that increases a thing? Well, you know, she talked about the fact that it's glamorized by Hollywood and it's glamorized on social media. We, we've we mentioned this term and it made Trey laugh, I think, last time, but witch talk, um, which on TikTok is is witches, right? That people who try to practice witchcraft. Yeah. This is a massive thing. And Jen talks a lot about this on her um, TikTok and YouTube and Instagram channels that she sees a lot of these patterns and she responds to them, young people using this because Hollywood's you know glorifying it and glamorizing it. But she said beyond that, there's a lot of anxiety in the world right now. There's a lot of struggle and worry and grief and that it's gripping a lot of people and that these boards and other tools make people feel like they can kind of take back control and get quick answers to problems and that witchcraft and these other elements can look really appealing to young people. And let's not forget very legitimately, we've seen a decrease in, in people calling themselves Christians, young people being disconnected from faith. They're looking for something to fill that void. And unfortunately, we know from statistics and data that they're finding some of that in, in witchcraft. Mm. Yeah. And then this is, I mean, the concern there, of course, with uh, these nominal Christians, we read those numbers. You talk about, you know, I might identify as Christian, but how many of them are engaging in the word regularly? And that's a very low number. And so if you're searching and you're, even if you identify as a Christian, you're going to be left searching for answers somewhere. And if you do not fill it with scripture, you're going to fill it with likely something else like this. Yeah, I think something that's so scary about this stuff and this trend and even witch talk, which 
is a funny name, but it, it is real. It does exist. Is um, I think Satan works so well with just a sliver of truth, right? So there, we do have a longing for something outside of ourselves. That's something that we all experience. We know as Christians, we experience it because we have a creator who wants a relationship with us. And then I think the true part about this divination and necromancy, like what scripture calls it, is there is something out there, right? It is true that something's out there, that there's something greater than us. Um, but the the part that they're missing is that there's a creator God who wants to uh, have an intimate relationship with you. There's no way that you can kind of orchestrate your destiny. You can't talk to certain people and figure out, uh, you know, what the future is going to look like, what it's going to hold. But the scary part is, is that Satan can take advantage of, of those, those instances when we're searching, right? Mm -hmm. Um, because there is a spiritual realm out there, uh, that can be dangerous, uh, if we're, we're seeking out wrong things, right? Mm -hmm. If we're seeking out things that are not of God and don't honor God. So yeah, yeah, it's a scary world. And that's true because the anxiety and the fear that people have of the future is palpable at times. Yeah. And especially with all the noise we have in the media trying to get people to be afraid all the time and so they're pressing that button the fear button and it works on people and so then they go out looking for answers and again we got to pray that people are more diligent with their scripture and leaning into as you said trey the the promises of god so thanks for bringing that one billy um especially as a warning really to just be on guard and to be on the lookout for these sorts of things because it's it's incredible but people do end up getting swayed a lot of times by things sometimes we can't imagine how but it it does happen so appreciate bringing that to our attention that's gonna lead us into the main thing here and author tim elmore believes that there is an elephant in the room when it comes to diversity the multi-generational gap in workplaces and culture more broadly he sat down with billy to discuss the god-given strength of young and old generations who can help recapture America's entrepreneurial spirit. That's today's main thing. Let's talk about generations. We have one of the most complex workplaces today because there are five generations of people sometimes working together. Lots of stereotypes about generations. Let's start maybe with the millennials and Gen Z. What do you think some of the misconceptions might be, um, the stereotypes about these generations? Billy, I tell you what I hear all the time from employers as well as faculty members is all those millennials are just narcissistic. You know, that sort of we've all heard this and they're all into their selfies and and many are, but that's a clear stereotype. And then what we hear about Gen Zers, they're all fragile snowflakes. You know, we've we've all heard that yeah. term as well. Yeah. And of course, as you begin to work with them, you see that's not necessarily true. There have been some adjustments in culture that's shaped them differently. But I think, you know what I think a stereotype is? It's a mental shortcut that's just not helpful. And we all don't want to be stereotyped, and yet we do. Obviously, this is an area of expertise for you. You have a book, A New Kind of Diversity. Talk a little bit about the book, why you wrote it. Yeah. Well, it was uh, sparked by a, a number of things, but... One of them was, um, as I began to interact at uh, business events that I was speaking at, I found out that people were, um, well, one particular event, Billy, I was talking about conflict resolution. How do we resolve conflict on our teams? 
Um, as I began to talk to four or five of these CEOs afterwards, they all said, well, I thought it was just a departmental conflict or, or maybe a gender conflict between males and females and how they see things. And, you know, maybe it's this or that. And they all began to see, I think it's because we got a 22-year-old that's working on our team right out of college. And we got a 62-year-old that's a baby boomer right now. And they just see life so differently. So we're all familiar with ethnic diversity, and we need to continue those conversations, gender diversity, income diversity. But I think the elephant in the room right now is generational diversity. We have age cohorts, and we don't know how to talk about it. So we just, you know, it's that elephant in the room. We know it's there, but we're not talking about it. We've got to find language to begin to say, what can you bring to this team that I don't have 22-year-old right out of the University of Michigan or whatever? And they do bring things. So it's been rich for me and my team to begin to see I'm in a reverse mentoring relationship with several of my younger teammates right now, learning and teaching at the same time. That's, that is really interesting. And I'll tell you, I look a lot at this data and these numbers and these buckets when it comes to faith, because I deal a lot with faith and, and yeah. Christianity and sort of trying to understand different generational perspectives. And a lot of the data is very negative on millennials and Gen Z, you yeah. know, that they've walked away from God, they've walked away, you know, yeah. and so you're trying to understand this and look at it. But when, again, speaking to the complexities, and I love that you just talked about that sort of reverse yeah. mentorship, um, you know, when you look into that data though, okay, so Gen Z is the most disconnected from faith yeah. of any generation, the most depressed, the most Medicaid, we can go down all the negatives, yeah. but they're also really open to finding Christianity and faith, right? If you if you bring it to them, they're really open to these things. And so there's always more to the story and I you know, than just settling on the stereotype or the data point. Um and so I love that you've that you've chosen to dive into this in this way in the book. When it comes to though and the, the book's obviously talking about generations and we're talking here about the, you know, the workplace, what is the big takeaway for the book for you? Wow. Well, I tried to arrange the book to be a sort of encyclopedia uh, so don't you don't have to read through the whole thing. You might just need chapter three and seven, you know, because I need to look up those Gen Zers or those boomers I don't get, you know, or whatever. So I try to have fun, but it's full of data and every single chapter is um, there's some takeaways. So I think the, the big, big message is instead of merely thinking we'll tolerate each other, what if we believe there is a God-given strength for those born in the 80s and 90s like yourself? or born in the 60s and 70s, the extra, or 50s and 60s, the boomers. I actually believe that boomers bring tremendous stories and coaching that they have from four decades of, I'm a boomer. I've been in, I've been in my job 43 years now, you know? Xers bring a contrarian, insightful viewpoint where this, this could happen. Let's watch out for that, you know? Millennials bring this incredible, I think, hope and an idealism that we still need on our teams. We'll get jaded without it. And then Gen Zers bring a hacker mindset, not just in regard to technology, but they're getting behind the system on almost everything they do and figure out how it works. And then Billy, they bring an entrepreneurial spirit. We need to recapture that in America. We were a, we were a nation of entrepreneurs in 1776. And I, and I fear that we might be losing that. So if I look at my colleagues and say, Oh my gosh, every one of you bring a unique strength that I need because I'm one dimensional as a 63 year old guy. Oh my goodness, suddenly we've got some 
major, major takeaways. And I'll stop there. I'm waxing eloquent now, but I just feel no, like I love it. approach this differently. Yeah. Well, I so appreciate it. And the book is a new kind of diversity. Thanks so much for coming on today. My pleasure. Great to be with you. All right, Billy, thanks for that conversation there. Really appreciate it. That's going to leave us with time for one last thing. Yeah, so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 3.18. It says, Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise, which I think that's quite a succinct passage that Paul wrote to remember in this day and age, right? Yeah, I mean, that's usually when we go astray is when we think we've got it all figured out and we're the wise ones, and that's, that's usually about when it all falls apart. Yeah, becoming a fool, you know, turning yourself over to God and letting him kind of be the one to guide you. That's how we got to live instead of thinking we've got the answers when we know we really don't. I mean, look around. The world's nuts. <laughs> Facts. I see no, I see no <laughs> lies here uh, on that statement. So, all right, that's all the time we have for this episode of the podcast. As always, head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective, Lord willing. And that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.